<laughs> I still haven't even watched like the last two weeks of Titan. That's the only show I watch. So. What? Okay. The only show you watch is Dune, Justin. Uh, wait, were we supposed to watch the show? What did you watch for this week? Huckleberry Finn. Okay. You're supposed to read Oliver Twist, so <laughs> I'm going to have to give you a B. <laughs> no, but I, uh, I watched the movie. <laughs> okay. 84. So you watched the um, David Lynch movie. Yes. Okay, cool. And you've seen that, and I've seen that. So we're all on the same page there. Yes. I was afraid we were going to fuck it up and watch different versions of Dune. Because there, like, there are quite a few different incarnations. Okay, well, I watched the one at a certain rogue body of water that was the top hit there for okay. Dune 84. Gotcha. I, uh, I played the video game, and it gave me the story, mostly. Oh, okay. Wait, really? <laughs> the video game is very, yeah. True to the movie? It's true to the book, so it's okay. kind of true to the movie. Yeah, that's I, I read the book, and I will say the book was, like, no pun intended, very dry at times. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't know. The movie was just, like, fucking weird as shit. I think I told you that. Yeah, no, the movie is definitely... Like, I had never seen... David Lynch. I'd never seen... Like, the biggest thing that stood out to me was, like... Like, things in the movie, it's like, you know, you see, you know, the spice, like, uh, the worms attacking, like, the spice truck. Mm -hmm. And, like, you as a audience goer might be like, hmm, I wonder if there's, like, a relation between the spice and the the worms, which was explained in the book a little better. But then, like, you hear the character's, like, inner monologue, like, oh, there's this thing between, like, the spice and the worms. I'm like, oh, that's... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Throwing me out of the movie. It took me right out of it. No, no. It's cool. But that, like, happened, like, a dozen times. And it was just, like, so weird. Like, like yeah. okay, yeah, telepaths, inner monologue, sure, whatever. But, like, random, like, house butler dude's inner monologue, like, huh, there's, like, that dude's kind of sneaky. Like, what's up with that? You don't, are you, like, getting what I'm saying here? Yeah. Did you not think that was fucking weird? I do think it's weird, but I think it's a consequence of it being an adaptation of a book and also... Still, uh, there's ways to get around that, like, you know... I'm, but what, though? Like, is the butler supposed to turn to the maid and say, as you well know, I'm a suspicious man, and it is my belief this is a person who should not be in this residence. I Whoa. propose we raise the alarm. Okay, that whole so thing... you write a good script, so that comes across without you having to, like, hit people in the head. Yeah, the, a good script, or just, like, good, you know tells or whatever like don't you don't have to like fucking like beat it over your head it's like when the one dude was like you know oh it was like implied you know his wife got killed by you know the baron's house or whatever hmm. it was like okay i got it but then there was like this three minute thing where like the one telepath lady or was it the queen i can't remember or duke's wife whatever the fuck her title is was like huh there must be something up with him he must really hate the house I can't remember. Har- Harkins or something? Har- yeah. Hadoukens? Harkonnen. Harkonnens? Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, he must really hate him because they probably killed his wife. It's like, yeah, I, I got it. Like, you don't need to do this weird inner monologue shit. It was just really Maybe strange. David Lynch wanted to have the characters just there and you as the audience were not being catered to. It was just weird, okay? And then 
I Patrick think, Stewart yeah. showed up and it just got weirder. Yes, <laughs> he, he's, he's yes. Gurney. What is he, Gurney Halleck in this movie? <laughs> yeah, he's pretty good though. Yeah, master of his craft. The thing about the book, like the inner monologues in the book, it works in a book. But I totally agree with you. When you watch this movie and it's like every five seconds, he's like, you know, oh, I wonder what's going on. And well, like, stuff like that. Or like, it's just weird. I mean, I'll say this, like, you know, comparing it to like Game of Thrones, it's like there's a lot of inner monologue in that book because it's all first person storytelling. So like, yeah, the show isn't as good as, you know, sort of conveying that inner monologue at times, but like it still gets its point across. Like it doesn't like, it, it does things a bit differently to get its point across. It doesn't need a fucking inner monologue beating you over your head, which is just like, that was the biggest thing about the movie and just the trippy scenes at times. But I think this, this, this movie, the inner monologue thing has always really bothered me about it because you're right. It takes you out of the movie and, and a lot. Even the intro, like just a like four minute explanation of like, this is the universe. This is everything. It's like, it's the show don't tell thing. It's like, it's just telling you like straight up. It's like, okay, well, this is everything that's happening right now. I wish they just had like a little scroll on the screen with like the, the, here's what is, here's what's going on. Yeah, and like the, the Star and it Wars takes like scroll. like 30 seconds. And then... Yeah, there's like, that would have been a good place for a Star Wars scroll, but instead you had one of the Benny Jesserits or whatever those people are called, like explaining the, everything or was the that wizard thing? Yeah. The wizard ladies or was it again? I are. can't remember if it was the Duke's the, wife or not. The but. gist that I, I got, got out of it is that they don't use machines because machines are bad now. So they train people to be machines. And that was like the whole gist of like the four minute monologue at the beginning, which is like basically the same thing as the book, which again, doesn't translate well to the screen if you're just taking it from the book because the book is much more descriptive and the movie really doesn't tell you men it mentions like the the butlerian jihad or whatever to get rid of the machines the movie oh, just kind of like glosses over that and the book actually explains what happens and oh it's this is just really weird like you, you know you're watching it and you're like okay what am i wait wait well, what like, and it's like okay there's this planet where they grow this spice stuff that makes everything like I, possible and like again like i didn't come to this movie from you know a perspective of not being like completely unfamiliar with the source material i just read it you know a few years back so i forgot a lot of it but like it just seemed like in the book they explained like you know the spice and the worms and what they're doing with the planet and the water underground. But like this, it was just like, oh yeah, there's water over there. Well, that's weird. What are you doing with it? Yeah, we're on to the next thing already. It's like, okay, well, what about the spice and the worm relation? It's like, yeah, we're riding them on the back and we're shooting people. Like, what? Like, when did we get to this? Like, yeah, there's like a whole bunch of mythology stuff that even, I've read the book a couple no, times. No, like, they like, I never got it. Yeah, I, yeah, the book, I kind of got it. It was still weird. But, like, this movie was just like, oh, there's this, like, first sentence of the mythology relating to this thing, and then it's never never come back to it. Like, or you just don't know what the fuck is up with it. Like, Well, they, it's like the spice and the worm relationship, the what the hell is the water of life. I never understood what that was. Is it some, like, super psychedelic thing that... Meal. It's a it's a poison. 
Yeah. And somehow it makes them have super trip mental out. powers. Yeah, it makes them trip out and ha- and. Yeah, but like if your you know your liver can't process it, then you're not a superhuman psychic right. person. Right. If if you can put your hand in the pain cube and pass the test, then you have the the genes to be the Superman who can drink the water of life and zap people with lightning. Yeah, but again, that was just like. But then you don't have to be a Superman to drink it because his mom drinks it. Well, apparently, too. like all women telepaths, it's it's like it's like Ocarina of Time, where like you know all the Gerudos are women, and then like one you know male Gerudo is born, which is you know the equivalent to Paul in this movie or this series even, who is like oh he is the same as a Gerudo or a Benny Gesserit, but he's like super now because he's like. Rah. <laughs> Sorry. What is he like again? <laughs> oh, so it's like when he gets the, all pieces of the Triforce, he gets he gets jacked up and big. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it's the same sort of like... <laughs> I mean, of course, this came out well before Legend of Zelda, but it's like a similar thing. It's like, yeah. Well, isn't it like they're supposed to change who rules Arrakis like every 20 years or some shit like that so that the power Yes, in the book it was something like that. Yeah, and that the Harkonnens are like, oh, well, I don't like that shit, so we're going to like plot against these guys because we always hated them. Yeah, and the Emperor, I think, was in on that. But again, like it wasn't explained in the movie. It was just like, well, we want to fuck over this house because crazy spice slug told us to or foresaw it. In the giant container yeah again okay. like very glossed over there about like oh years of spice use has fucked up these people beyond recognition it's like okay still why are you all following a spice slug when, right like, no explanation about what he even is it's just like oh yeah the representative from the spacers guild or whatever like is here yeah i mean i get like okay it's like he doesn't look like they snort enough spice they can fold you know time space but like I feel like, you know, okay, well, you you can probably get, like, some of the Freeman to help you or something. I don't know, which Paul did. He made Arrakis great again. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the movie, besides the um, the inner monologue thing, which is really weird, Yeah. This, the thing that ruins the movie for me most of all is the unforgivably bad special effects in this movie, which is from 1984, so there's really no excuse for why it should look that bad. Because they went with a cheap studio rather than ILM? I guess, like, the Dino De Laurentiis, the, the guy who financed this movie, like, didn't cut them a big enough check because it looks absolutely terrible. And every time you see a special effect in this this film, it just takes me out of the film completely and makes me laugh at it. Yeah, there were like green screen effect type things going on in that right. in the movie. I just yeah, it bugged the shit out of me, but I, I at that point I was just like like as soon as they did the first which I think is a first or maybe second, but the first major special effect where it was like the shield fight scene. Yeah. Which again, they like introduced <laughs> shield and then like it really wasn't covered that much or like you thought there'd be like a shield fight again with like knives or something, but it just was just a knife fight. But anyway, yeah, the, the, the shields are, are just awful yeah. looking. There, there are a whole lot of like things like that where they they introduce the gun proverbially, you know, proverbially in Act One, and it does not go off at all in mm-hmm. Act Three. Like all these 
Yeah, things. again, like, like... They don't ever use the shields again, Again, they? I always think back to, like, that <laughs> Alien Resurrection, I think, movie, where I said, like, oh, the little, like, food cube that expanded. I thought it would be, like, used again. But, like... Yeah, the whiskey thing. Yeah, yeah there was, yeah. like, dozens of those in this movie. Yeah. It was just like, Jesus Christ. Well, I think the only thing that... Uh, they used again was like the little needle poison thing, the the Gamjabar thing, because he has to avoid it when somebody tries to kill him early on in the movie, right? And then his little sister, who's really creepy, uses it. On well, the that fat was a Baron. different one because when he put his hand in the pain box, uh, one of the Benny Gesserits or whatever had the thing to his throat, like ah, I'm gonna kill you, and then like his not that. I'm talking about when they, they move to Arrakis and they're moving into the palace and they're looking for all the booby traps that the Harkonnens left behind. Yeah, the little floating, the like, The little syringe. floating needle thing, and he has to, like, I've got, this is inner monologue again. He's like, I've got to be really still. I can't, I can't again, be afraid of that's it. Like, <laughs> it's a perfect example of just, like, just have him sit there. Like, we get, you can't move. Like, it senses by sight or something. And then, <clears> I yeah, I, I really feel like it does that. That kills it. Big time because it hits you over the head with something that you can see so clear. It's like they looked at the novel, but they didn't really think about how well can we move this from a page with words onto a screen well, where it was, people can see what's happening. It was any time they ran into an issue of, I feel like we aren't explaining this to the audience well enough. It's just, let's have an inner monologue. And like that doesn't <laughs> work, especially when like your character just looks awkward and like makes weird facial expressions while they're thinking. That's another, like, if they had cut down on that stuff a lot, I feel like this would have been, like, a more traditional two-hour movie instead of, like, a three-and-a-half-hour movie. And if they toned down the weirdness a little bit. It... Yeah, it would have been, like, a much tighter story, much like the miniseries was, where there's, like, no inner monologue stuff at all, mm-hmm. and it is really visually driven. You kind of know what's going on. You don't have to be told. If they had done that with this movie, I feel like it would have been so much better and, you know, made the special effects better. But I'm not saying that as a person looking back from 2017 and like laughing at them, this like this was four years after Empire Strikes Back, which well, no, no, no. looked okay. great. <laughs> if this movie looked like shit, but had like a story that could be comprehended, I don't yes. think I would have hated it as much. But because I had to read the book, I I honestly think this movie gets shit because people who, you know, didn't go read the book don't know what the fuck is going on. And I hardly knew what the fuck was going on. I had to, like, look up some of the lore while I was watching the movie to, like, remind yeah, myself yeah. what happened in the book. Because like, the book has that huge glossary in the back of it. You notice that? And so when you watch the movie, they mention all this shit, like, oh, what the fuck is the Kwisatz Haderach? And you have to Again, look it up. Like, and it's... <laughs> I mean, I know, you know, Star Wars is the big thing that, you know, happened sci-fi in, you know, 70s and 80s, but, like, they got away from some of their weird shit because it wasn't, like, weird words with cues and apostrophes. Like, that's, like, when things, like, that's when sci-fi just gets, like, okay, just gloss over, like, what the fuck are you talking right. about? Like, that's to the general audience. Like Star Wars has Death Star. You know, yeah, Death you know Star. what that's about. Jedi is short. You don't know what the, the fuck Gamjabar is. Not like <laughs> this imperial spice trader right. like guy. Like it's a yeah. giant slug in a box. It's like just it's just the huts. <laughs> is it a box or is it like kind of like a? It's it, like an it's, aquarium. It looked like a smoke box. <laughs> a smoke like a box. he was hot boxing spice. 
And they just keep him in there. He's like floating. Or was he floating or was he like dragging himself with like his little T Rex arms? Or? He was floating. I don't know. Yeah. Again, it was hot boxing spice. Weird. He's a navigator, isn't he? I, I, I yeah. think so. But like, I guess he's. Was he like the top spice guild representative or something like that? Oh, I think that means he's been in there a long time because the spice warped him into a slug. Okay, why aren't the Freeman slugs? Because unless I forgot the, the lore where they turn into the worms, I guess they don't I, like. I don't think take that was the part spice of it. directly or something. I think or? the spacemen are using spice to a magnificent degree, like they're they're, they're like freebasing it, like freebasing it, bathing themselves in it, like they're floating in tanks with spice in it. It's been refined, and it's, yeah, it's just. In them for decades, they turn into slugs. But, like, okay. if you're a Freeman and you just live among it, I guess it accumulates, which is why you get the blue eyes or... Something like that. I think that was yeah. part of it. So I, pro- I have problems with, like, every part of this movie, really. Like, you know, the design stuff is terrible, too. I thought, all like, all the, the character well, designs are so shitty. Again, <laughs> that was... Like, when I was reading the book, like, I had these pictures of, like, the people. And, like... Prior to reading the book, like, I had seen, like, maybe some screenshots of the movie, but I never watched the movie. So I didn't know what I was even looking at when I saw the pictures. But then I saw these characters, and I'm like, wait, is the Baron, like, really like that? Or, you know, I thought I had a different picture of, like, the Freeman still suit and whatnot. Like, it's just, like, everything that, like, I pictured was completely different from what the movie interpreted it as. Like the biggest thing for me was when they they did spend all that time in the book describing the emperor's um, his troops those Sardaukar guys mm-hmm. and how like badass they are and I, I like describing their their armor and stuff so I'm picturing like these really decked out guys who are like elite but in the movie they they look like they're wearing like fucking paper bags that were <laughs> cut colored in with like a sharpie or something it's, it's yeah <laughs> you're like I was like you know picturing you know. <laughs> Uh, like Space Marines from Warhammer type thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or at least like something Stormtrooper-like. You yeah. Know? Space armor. Yeah. It's, yeah. Not like freaking African troops armor in World War Two. No, but I'm saying it's space armor. It's made of advanced materials. Oh, okay. Yeah. They look like they actually just bought like surplus like radiation suits from some like decommissioned nuclear power station and just like dyed them black. That's what they looked like. Was that in the book the whole atomic blast thing of like blowing up some ridge above I the guess, tower? I guess like they're not I don't even remember. There's like a prohibition on using atomics or something like that. Like I can like What is like the whole realm called again? It's like the lands rad or something. I don't know. Again, See, like, again, another fucking term you have to look up to understand what it means. Yeah, it just was way too <laughs> term heavy. And like, again, like that's great if you're going like a full sci-fi nerd fest book. But if you're making a <clears throat> movie, you hope to make your money back on. But that's what's so like, puzzling about the book is that it's called science fiction, and they layer it in all the science fiction gobbledygook, like all the terms and stuff. But there's really not much technology in the story, or they don't emphasize it a whole lot, which I thought was a smart thing in the book. But it's like in the movie, they kind of just shit on that. And, you know, there's the special effects are everywhere. We're doing, you know, laser guns and shit and the the spaceships. And I feel like it would have been better if they just left most of that shit out. Yeah. Again, like... If that whole battle sequence at the end was cut in favor of just, like, 
actually, you know, humanizing the Freeman because it was just like, oh, these Freeman over here, they'd be a great ally. And then like, oh, we met up with the Freeman. Okay, montage of them fighting with us, guerrilla warfare style, and we won. Like, yeah, and then the terrible blue screen of the the Baron getting sucked into the sandworm. Yeah, you remember? <laughs> yeah. I, again, just in his I don't know. Floaty chair. Like that was part of like the <laughs> that was part of the thing I really liked in the book. It was just like, like the them going back and forth with like the Freeman and like training with them and training them type thing. But then it was just, in the movie. It was just okay. We found them in their cave. Okay, I'm gonna have like a weird like half abortion early term baby thing with the water of life, and then it was just like next scene, next scene, next scene, next scene, and we're at our climax. It's just like, okay, I I don't even know who these people are. I mean, you saw this girl in your dream, and yeah, that that's how you hook up with her. Like, I don't know if someone came up to me like, hey, I saw you in a dream, and now I'm want to bang you it's like i don't know if that would work i mean i guess that is kind of a pickup line but i mean personally i think they've probably like wanted to kill me in my sleep or something Justin, yeah if anybody says it to you they're living the renegade lifestyle oh okay so you, you better watch out <laughs> that's what this is all about the renegade lifestyle this whole book yeah this book is really about being Osama bin Laden, actually. Oh, you know, no, it's no, it is. It's about a guy who lives in a fucking cave and is and they, a terrorist. They don't even, like, call... They, like, they shoot up and like, oh, yeah, like, <laughs> the Freeman have their, like, holy jihad against, yeah. you know, the people trying to take their spice away. It's like, um, okay, this sort of sounds a little terroristy, and I'm, like, mm. looking over my shoulder while I'm reading this book in, like, public and whatnot, like... Interesting. This is this is like in real life if Osama somehow had become like king of Saudi Arabia in the nineties and controlled like all the oil in the Middle East or something. Said he was just funded by them. Oh god. Right. What am I talking right. well, about? Well yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Fake news. Oh god. You're a Russian plant now. What are those outside? <laughs> hey, if Russia wants to send us some money, we'll we'll put some pro Kremlin talking points into our discussion. Why not? They, no, they aren't. So okay. I hear they're just giving it away, so I figured I'd ask. No, I don't think they're going to send us any. So I'll just preemptively say their little, uh, you know, church towers kind of look like, uh, what is that one, toothpaste that has like three colors in it? Aquafresh. Aquafresh. Little (laughs) dabs. Okay. Interesting. Thank you, Justin. Yeah. Did Dune melt your brain? Yes, it did. No, okay, like that was the other thing. Like those (laughs) things were just so fucking trippy. I don't know why. Like, again, it was just, like, it, it made it too fucking weird for a person to walk on off the street and be like, hey, I want to go see this movie. It's like, no, it's fucking weird. Don't go watch that thing. And it scares act- people off when it's that fucking weird. The acting doesn't really help you get into the movie either. I think most of the people in this movie who are doing the acting, I'm not saying they're, like, there's a lot of good actors that I kind of recognize from places like Patrick Stewart, again, was he was a, doing well, but it's like the material he has to work with is, you know, shit. wow, it's pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, what's his name? The guy who plays Paul? I what was know. he in? I, I, I recognize I've his face. I've seen him in like a like... whole bunch of stuff. I remember him, but uh, Kevin something, but, or Kyle something. You know, the thing that distracted me a lot was just like, he was out in the desert for like years and years and you know he probably only had like two drinks of like water maybe outside of his still suit but he still had like perfectly conditioned you know yes. hair and like, whatnot yeah. like pantene pro v yeah like it looked everything. like a it looked like a sh- uh, shampoo commercial yeah. type hair like it was just ridiculous i'm like dude you've been out in the desert long as shit like your hair should be just like 
completely You should look dry. Like, like you're living in the desert. Right? Yeah. Because <laughs> it was a two-year period. They did like a montage through to like cover like, okay, well, he's been out here a while, right? Or two, three years or something. This and was Kyle McLaughlin's first film. Really? Same <clears throat> person or probably related to uh, Sad Animal Lady music. I don't know if he's related to her. Okay. Well, I'm sure he learned a lot on this movie. Did he? <laughs> I, I mean, hope so. not to take scripts, like any script they just thrown at him? Like... Or, or how about the other thing, the fucking Sting, the, the, the singer-songwriter guy. Is, uh, oh! They, with, the, with the red hair, is like the Harkonnen fade Rautha or whatever. I, like, I didn't the, notice that, but <laughs> I was more uh, distracted. Like Through the entire movie, it was like, you know... You didn't really notice a soundtrack, or it was, you know, kind of, you know, Imperial Spacey kind of soundtrack. And then, like, the last third of the movie, it's just like guitar riffs and shit, like metal style. I'm just like, this this isn't fitting for this movie. It just got weird again, yeah. weirder. <laughs> you didn't like it, Justin? The guitar riffs were just weird as shit. <laughs> it's one of those dissonant things that just snaps you out of what you well no, like everything should be seen yeah ev- like the music was okay like when he, they were like doing like the space battle and shit and they were like fighting the hadokens and shit um but then they just like started guitar riffing and i'm just like what like you have to understand it was the 80s justin there were movies in the 80s that had action scenes without guitar riffs any movie in the 80s that had a high enough apm had to have guitar riffs in it actions per minute mm-hmm yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know if that was some other thing. <laughs> Who no. did the music for this movie, by the way? Uh, because you have a computer in front of you. Yeah, let me find out. Do, do, do. I was on Kyle McLaughlin's page. I didn't know he was the Twin Peaks guy, so good for him. Twin Peaks. Yeah, Twin Peaks. David Lynch's fucked up TV series. Oh, I never saw that. I heard it was kind of messed up. Didn't they bring it back recently? They tried to. I don't know if it's successful. Um, oh, okay. Gotcha. The credited music by is the band Toto and Brian Eno, the airport background music relax guy. Whoa. What, what's that famous song Toto does? Isn't it like the Africa song? You got me. Okay. Anyway, the the music for this movie, you're right, is just no good. It's just no good. It's got to go. They could have really benefited from, you know, like a somebody who understood how you're supposed to, you know, score and how a sci-fi film is supposed to sound, or at least like an epic adventure movie is supposed to sound. You know. Yeah. And those guys were available then. I mean. <laughs> They were doing stuff. That would have helped a little bit. Emphasize Damn. how fucking weird everything in this movie was. It's just like there wasn't a single moment like I, I mean, I guess you could say, you know, the hero's journey was like, okay, I can kinda relate to that, but then like everything in it was just like weird. Like the main character was weird, the whole like water of life thing was weird, like okay, guerrilla warfare, but you montaged it so quick I don't even know what was going on like it, it, and everything else like it's just 
fucking weird, and I couldn't get over that. This movie definitely suffered from David Lynch's experimental filmmaking vision. Yeah, I guess so. Because despite being a, like a three-and-a-half-hour movie, mm-hmm. they just cut a bunch of stuff out of the book, and it ends up... It's like that results in things in the movie that you just can't understand because they never explain it because the part that was in the book that told you about that or dealt with that was completely chopped out. And if I guess if they had left it in, it would have been like a five, six-hour movie. But still, you know, it's really hard to keep up with shit that's going on sometimes in this film. Yeah, I mean, again, like, you can slim down the story, but don't try and cram everything in there. Like, you don't need some of the stuff they went over, I guess. Like, it, it just seemed... Like, you cut out, you know, a third of the lore and, like, try and, you know, piece together something that is vaguely Dune-related to make it a little more consumable in a movie form. You don't need to have a one-liner to, like, say, oh, yeah, there's water over there. Oh, yeah, there's, like, a relation between the spice and the worms and then never go back to it. Like, it, it just... I mean, just who else just... drop think... it. Don't try and, like, include it. <laughs> you know that the spice is actually just, like, worm shit. That's what I always thought of it as like they they move through like earthworms and then they just like shit that stuff yeah i think i think that's what it was (laughs) i i was trying to remember it and then like i got into like some weird dune wiki like dedicated dune wiki thing i'm just like okay this is getting just play the game justin just go install dune 2 dos game like the game dos box was like made for yep yeah okay we should mention that though that that despite this movie being a piece of shit and extremely strange and hard to follow, the game Dune Two is like the original RTS game. It's pretty fun. It's pretty good. Well, I mean, it was a like at the time, it was like movie tie-in games weren't like you know so closely tied to the movie. It was like, hey, Atari, go make a movie game for you know Indiana Jones or something like that. It wasn't you know such a tight. Inter- interaction between like oh marvel has like their own studio where they're making their own game that's like you know they're getting you know script tidbits from you know okay. marvel movie studio all the time it was just like oh make your shit when, might when be did good, that might game be bad. come out not 1984 oh yeah. it was it based on the book it was based in the books yeah it was oh. in the 90s it was a, it was a dos game obviously it was in the 90s it must have been like oh, okay i thought it, i don't know when it came out it's but. contemporary with uh it's immediately prior to command and conquer so it's like yeah mm-hmm. it's like the prototype for the rts genre because i think westwood yeah. did it yeah so oh it was okay. their first crack at doing that but it's pretty fun like it's got all the elements like you gather resources you, you can build see shit. command and conquer yeah. in there you can definitely see it i never I don't think I played the first one. I was just one of those casuals. I don't want to play Red Alert. You should play the first one. Justin, if you never had to build sandbag walls to prevent Dr. Mobius from running into the Tiberium field to kill himself, you're not a real <laughs> man. Yeah, and if you never enjoyed getting the wisecracking commando and yes. assassinating people ruthlessly with him. Nope. Never he could that. take a beating, too. Yeah. Also, that one great mission where they don't tell you what your objectives are with him, and you have to guess. <laughs> yeah, you just have to like just walk into the fog of war, and then people start shooting at you, and you kind of have to replay it two or three times to oh, pat- pattern out where everybody is before you, get, you do. Got to get the power plant and the landing strip, and I think that's it. Power plants and landing strip. 
okay. Justin, I'm telling you, change your life. Like Command and Conquer? It'll be like the water of life for you, Dune. Uh, okay. I'm assuming most people who have listened to this podcast have probably read Dune if they like science fiction, but I would definitely recommend the book to people. The first book. The first book. Stop. Right. The first first book book. is a really, really (laughs) different but good book because I think it's very different from how sci-fi books were written before that, and it Mm -hmm. definitely changed how they were written after that, and I think it's it's multi-layered. Like You can read it a few times and get something different out of it each time. There's a lot of different themes, and that makes it really good and enjoyable. I mean, it's definitely worth paying for it to to read it. Mm-hmm. But I, the movie, I, I would not recommend the nineteen. Again, like movie. I said before, the mo- the the book was a little dry on some of like the explanation of terms and stuff. But like again, like it's not like I look back on it and being like, oh, why did I read this book? Like if I didn't want to, if I didn't like the book, I wouldn't have finished it. Like so, I did. So yeah, it was decent. And it did have a satisfying arc to it. Most of the characters in the book, uh, they they do go through significant yeah. change. And yeah, it was a yeah. better, like the characters were done better in the book, obviously, because it's, you know, remembered as a decent, like a good novel, rather than this movie that's just, just like, well, it was shit. Like, that's mortally, why I remember it. Mortally wounded L. Ron Hubbard. Well, you know what? Killed it, him. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh. It, it ended his horseshit style of sci-fi writing. Oh, okay. Is that true? I don't know much about the the history of like the contemporaries, you know. Yeah, because Frank Herbert was it, he it, writing against. But the, no, he wasn't writing against them. But this is the book that put sci-fi out of the you know G Wiz magazine five pennies for your article. Right, like the shitty shit. the shitty A E Van Vogt. Yeah, uh, like you know, and, and the spaceman <laughs> came out of the metal cylinder, and then that was the end of the story. They're all fucking trash. You know, War of the Worlds. Martians come. The shit the kid is reading in Back to the Future, just that kind of yeah. horse shit was ended mm, by this, the thankfully. Pulp, the pulpy stuff. Yeah, the pulp science yeah. fiction, L. Ron Hubbard, one penny a word, got a jam it full of shit. And whenever, I, whenever I've read it, I always saw it as like the prototype for the soft science fiction mm. that came after it, like Star Wars and Star Trek and Stargate and, you know, where they don't really focus a whole bunch on the technology and, you know, just like, ooh, this is how the spaceship works shit. It's really about using those things to advance the story. Yeah. You know, like, well, what, the, the, mm. what the Star Trek writers always say, like, the tricorder, they don't give a shit what it is because it's a plot device to get them to the next scene. Like, I think that's, this is, like, one of the first examples of that that I can recall. Until I mean, TNG happened, and then everything changed back. But still, they're they're not really telling you like how isolinear chips work in there. They're just using them to like get the story moving. Whereas like, if you read yeah. those shit books, pulpy books, they spend a whole lot of time talking about you know like you know working the switches and stuff like that on the spaceship. And <laughs> I don't know any uh, Chinese cartoons. You can shed some light on how it's supposed to work, Justin. What work? Are you supposed to tell the audience they're flipping the switches, or do you just show them flipping the switches? Just show them flipping the switches. Okay. I guess the Chinese cartoons had that figured out. I mean, like I said, like, before we started, the only one I'm really watching right now is Attack on Titan. They have these crazy little, like, fly-around gear thingies, and it's like, it's not really explained. It's just they fly around like Spider-Man with, like, little grappling hooks. 
The more you mention stuff like that, though, the more I think that this story, Dune, would be would have been better as like an anime series or, or get it if it if it gets an anime treatment yeah. sometime. I think it would actually work you know better. What? For I don't the even story. know the premiere anime about inner house conflict is Legend of the Galactic Heroes. That is actually a really good series. Um, yeah. Sci-fi related. When did that come out? Uh, 80s, 90s, yeah. late So it could have been 90s. influenced by Dune. Well, no, it yeah. totally could have been. But I'm saying, like, that is a very solid, like, sci-fi series. It's not like Gundam fighting. It is, like, you know, massive battleships, like, fighting against each other, like... And political, actual political intrigue and stuff. Yeah, it, no, like, if... I would recommend watching that if you haven't. <laughs> like the guy who says he was pretending to be retarded all along. The only thing I will say um, is, uh, if you do watch that, don't watch the uh, like on next episode type shit at the end of it, because like there's a major spoiler <laughs> in one of the like next episode things. It's like, oh, such and such dies. It's like what? Like <laughs> <laughs> somebody just made a mistake on the cutting floor for that. It was very <laughs> obvious. Like the the like voiceover for it is like you know. So and so has died. How will such and such side, you know, move on without him? It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, it, you just took a major thing and just like gave it at the end of an episode. Like, and it wasn't even like revealed. It's just like, oh my God. See, nowadays they do that to trick you, like make you think that somebody's dead or something, but they're yeah. actually not. So you're saying they actually just did it unintentionally or, or maybe intentionally, like just ruined it. Yeah, it was. <laughs> It was. It seemed like it was just like straight up ruined. I'm like, wow, that would have been really impactful no. and like, oh my god, Justin. For is there an English dub of this or is it only subtitles? I watch subs. I don't know, man. Okay. No, no. Like seriously though, like I, like that that whole series without the movies, I think is like something like 120 or more episodes. But like, I finished that shit in just like a couple weeks. Cause I'm like, oh my god, like, what's gonna happen to Reinhardt? I think that was his name. Oh, yeah. It's totally about Nazis versus... Oh, yeah. Like, one of the sides is just, like, straight-up Nazis and, like... Space Nazis. It's not even, like, hiding the fact they are, you know, like, the the Golden Empire. Like, they have Golden Eagles and shit like that. It's like, whoa, okay. They have their own little honor salute thing. Yeah, it's straight-up Nazis. (laughs) And, like, you're... I mean, (laughs) you're rooting for them a little bit because, like... You're like, wow, these guys are actually badass. <laughs> I, I rooted for them the whole time. Like, it's just, they're they're great. Yeah, they're well developed characters. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, the leader of like the Nazi side is like, you know, a very charismatic, like, you know, who guy. was that douchebag who wore the fucking thigh high gay boy riding boots and Gundam wing, who had a blue oh. coat on all the time? Oh, Trey's. Yes, Trey's Kushinada yeah. is a real cunt, but he seemed like he was based off of like some of the Imperial people from Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Wait, wait, was that the dude with the mask on? No. That's Zex. Yeah, oh, Zex okay. Marquis. Um no, I'm talking Trace Kushinada is the guy who's always like talking about all the political theory shit and he's just a big loser. It's been years since I watched that, so I don't remember. But he I'm saying he reminds me of a watered down version of like the political masterminds and Yeah. Yeah. Again, I would recommend to anybody listening. Maybe we want to commit to talking about that at some point then. Oh. That'd be a long project, but it'd be worth it. That would be a long project. 
I mean, would it be like... How long is this anime? It's it seriously... Like, I, I, it's growing in my head the more I think about it. I thought it was like 180 episodes or more. Wow. And that was 170 oh. or something. You're I know it's a lot. And it's like a single storyline contained... Yeah. Yeah, it's about the war between these two... Basically, two, the two great factions. Yeah, and I mean, like, you know, one... Like, they start out, you know, kind of even. And, like, maybe one side goes down, the other side comes up. And it's just like, you know, back and forth, kind of. Just like, constant pushing... And it does have a satisfying resolution, and like, like oh, okay, well, we're done here. Like, I, I feel like I don't need extra, you know, stuff. This, this series is done. You don't need a glossary? No, I mean, it's, again, it's not like, you know, Dune, where it's the Bene Gesserits and the Quolon <coughs> Fiend or something. Like, I don't, I'm making up words here. Like, it's just like weird, <laughs> it's like, again, Dune has weird fucking names for everything. <clears throat> you know, but oh, yeah, Sci-fi, yeah. I can remember shit, like, it's very much more consumable. That's so, what this is. So in this though, there are like, here like the things that they just hardly set up that are, you have to understand to get the story, but they never really tell you much. It's like, there's the emperor who rules over everything. There's the space guild people who do all like the, do they do like, they make the space travel possible. They're the navigators yeah. guild and they kind of like, tell the emperor what to do because they control the intergalactic commerce which is like the chome corporation or something and like the emperor has like a share in that or something they all yeah. do and that's what keeps them together and then there's all I mean, these it's, like, it's about saudi arabia yeah, basically like, they, they all own saudi aramco yeah pretty i guess <laughs> it's just very hard to understand as we've said that it's like when you're watching if you're in the if you were in the theater watching this movie you'd be like what like, what? okay, if, you know, if somebody, like, if you took me and I hadn't read the book, you may get, like, something out of the movie, but if I hadn't read the book and I'm just your friend sitting there with you, I'm like, oh, hey, you said, you know, this series was good, I would just be confused and, like, fucking, like, try and steal some money from you because you just wasted, like, my $14 or whatever yeah, tickets are now. probably just hit another theater, just walk out and go into oh, another yeah. movie you wanted to see, right? Like Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. No. I, too, own stock in Disney. So, yes, go see (laughs) Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales, part three, four, seven. Javier Boredom's in it. Who? Javier (laughs) Boredom. Javier uh, Bardem, right? Yeah. Javier Boredom. (laughs) I I honestly have no idea who you're talking about. Um, The guy with the shotgun from No Country for Old Men. The guy with the shotgun from yeah, the like the silent shotgun, the the, we, the weird, weird guy who's killing everybody. Oh, the guy with the little air compressor tank that they used to kill the cattle. Yeah, the bolt gun thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's him. Huh? Is Javier he the? Yeah. Oh, he's he the like ghost captain. He is the ghost captain, and he's constantly spilling purple goo out of his mouth when he talks. Oh. And he's very mad at Johnny Depp. Okay. And he's gonna get him. Gonna get him. He gonna get him. Hmm. Mm. So would you say uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales is is better or worse than Dune 1984? Oh, if you go in expecting to see Johnny Depp jumping between two ships and using the cannons as like Mario platforms while fighting a giant statue, then yes. 
then it's better. <laughs> then it's way better. So if it's you go in expecting a decent movie, then it's it's no, like, no, are no. they on the same level? <laughs> it's no, I still say it's it's better because <laughs> it's consumable trash it's versus consumable like trash. just trash like Dune. Well, I, yeah. Dune is indigestible. Like you can't break it down on your own. You have to take like the lactate of the glossary. You know what I mean? It's like, not you, made of digestible <laughs> right. material. It's like plastic. You need some, you need some help to break it down. Like right. you have to have more information to figure out what the fuck is happening. At least in the pirate movie, you have. You know, Johnny Depp, they explain it pretty well. The plot's shitty, but at least they explain it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. There's no glossary required. All you have to do is watch the other movies, kind of. You don't even really need to. Yeah, I mean, as long as you know Johnny Depp is a pirate and he's made, you know, well, enemies in the past. Wasn't one of the it. people from the Harkonnens, like one of his nephews, or wasn't he named Glossary or something? Or Gloss, Glossu? <laughs> Again, like... <laughs> That was one of the things. <laughs> this is this is what I was going to say earlier, though, is that I think this might have been the inspiration, in some part, for the the names that were in Star Wars after adults stopped editing the scripts or the prequels. <laughs> no, 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 you you make a good point. Like in the prequels, shit got weird with the names because it was becoming like names with apostrophes in the middle, like yes. three or four letters and another three or four letters. Like when you get into that, that just becomes like. Less digestible, like you were saying. Yeah, what are to some of these normal names? normal moviegoers? Uh, Newt Gunray, Rune Hako. Qui-Gon Jinn? Well, Obi-Wan Kenobi, so it's, it's kind of... Obi-Wan it's was... It's kind of an adjacency. But Qui-Gon had like an apostrophe in it. That's my biggest... So did Obi-Wan. Did it? I yeah. thought it was two ben words. Ben Quagenarius. Ben, yes. Fucking, uh, or Mars Guo. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Gublo. Yeah, Gublo. Which one is that? You don't know. It's, just, it's probably applicable to any of them. Zorbo? Zorbo. What was that one dude's name that ran the pod racing shop? Watto. Watto. Oh, oh, Watto isn't awful, but it's still. Shmi. Shmi. Oh, yeah. How about the guy? All, all the pod racers, actually. Yeah, yeah. How about the guy in Attack of the Clones who uses his nipples to like regulate his oh, voice? Oh, the Techno Union Wet guy? tambor? <laughs> <laughs> is that right? What is, the fuck? that sound like these yeah. dude names? <laughs> yeah, it does. I'll bet George Lucas was looking in the glossary. He like, pulled it off his shelf. He's like, oh, I need a name. And he's like, okay, I'll just move some words around. <laughs> he's like, piping his script. The door opens, and then, oh, shit, I need a name. He's okay. like, open his study door and calls out to the that producer guy from the prequels. Rick McCollum. Yeah, he says, Rick, is this is this good? Do you like this? He's like, yep, George, everything you do is great. <laughs> I always imagine him as, um, was it Gus Van Zandt? And um, yeah, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah, just like, imagine Jesus, <laughs> Jesus Ben. I said I'm busy. <laughs> so I imagine Rick you're an artist, Gus, in his office, just counting the money and organizing it. No, no, no. I wasn't with the hooker last night. <laughs> Great sci fi movie in its own right. This is true. Like Jane Silent Bob? Yeah. <laughs> Just because of how fucking wacky, wacko it is, you oh. have to believe it's sci-fi for it to make sense. Yeah, I guess some things, yeah. <laughs> Plus, they had a good sci-fi, mo- fake sci-fi movie promo in that movie. Ben Affleck must stop the Moon Raper. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I don't remember that? Oh God. Yeah. Are, are you okay. the Moon Raper, Justin? No, I've never been to the Moon. <clears throat> cool. So, so don't watch 1984 Dune unless, you know, you know what you're getting into. 
go see Strange or uh, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean: Dead Men Tell No Tales if you're expecting a, sh- a shit movie and you just want to enjoy yourself. If you want to see, see aliens, if you want to see Javier Boredom and his crew of angry Spanish people try to stab other people, and then have Poseidon's trident introduced as something that controls the ocean, then yes, you're good. Oh, and the trident is, it's, um, you find it by getting rubies, and one of the rubies is glued to Galileo's diary that Jeffrey Rush stole. What the fuck are you talking about? But the, the Galileo's diary is written in English for our convenience, <laughs> <laughs> including on the fucking cover. <laughs> how, did he, how did he get a ruby? He got a magic ruby. He How fucking, did he get it, though? He, I don't know. He Galileo teleported like he just places. washed up I, on the I, beach I one guess day. Galileo, he found it. I don't know. He <laughs> glued it to the front of his book, and then somebody pulls it off very easily. Like, okay. I might have to rescind <laughs> my uh, recommendation over here on that movie. It's a great movie. And don't they de-age Johnny Depp, too, with like that do. digital yeah. screen stuff like yeah. they did with Robert Downey Jr.? Mm-hmm. They put the magic space putty on his face and... Although Robert Downey Jr. still looked fucking old as shit in, uh, what was that, Ultron? Civil War, where they oh, de-aged Al- him. Ultron. Or, uh, yeah, Civil War. Yeah, it, it still looked weird. Are you guys excited for Thor 8? Thor Ragnarok? Yeah. That's like November or something. Are you excited for Wonder Woman, you shitlord rapist? I have read everything that said that it was actually a really good movie. That it's like I have The first too. DC movie that's actually worth seeing. But because I'm it's so... a good hey, story. Hey, Suicide Squad is a Oscar-winning movie. <laughs> and that's why I'm hesitant to go see it, because I've read good things, and I want to believe they can make a good movie, but wow, have they had five or six chances already, and it hasn't gone well. <laughs> well, I, the, Everything I read said that the, the person who directed it kind of just knew the material really well, and she did a good job. And then, good. What's her name? Uh, Gal Gadot. Is actually really good as yeah, Diana. I, I'm I've heard everything that Clark or Grant has said that you know it's it's a solid movie. I hope so. I might see it. But Finally, just a Chris think. Pine is not Captain Kirk. I've been maybe burned so maybe. many times. <laughs> I mean, the only thing I heard about that, like I heard somebody say, like, "Oh, Chris Pine's really good," but we're never going to see him again because I guess this is like a movie in the past of the rest of the universe. Yeah. So he's like long dead, but. Well, now, Justin, we thought Bucky Barnes was dead, but then he was secretly a cyborg soldier. He came back with a robot arm. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And he, he punched people real hard. Okay, that was, like, the biggest a thing Soviet I hate robot arm. about, like, every, like... That, that, that is just, works. like, the stupid yeah. thread through all the Marvel movies. Just, like, why do you keep this guy around? Like, I... It's just like a very stupid thing to like. Okay, well, we need a new plot device <laughs> of somebody everyone hates. Like, it's Bucky, the it's the universe. It's the it's you know, but it's stupid. That's just my opinion. <laughs> you bet. Oh, oh, wait. The one thing we had to discuss still that I I saw when I walked into the pirates movie when the trailer was ending. Oh, you actually saw this thing. Oh hell yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you saw it in like the the swanked out. Uh, yeah, in the cinema. Lazy theaters. boy chair theater. Oh, that's the only way to go to movies. <laughs> yeah, the ones over at Oakley Station. Yeah. Go back in there, lean back, watch it on the oh, big dude. curved screen. Those are great. So when Johnny Depp gets thrown off of the ship, you hear you feel him hit the water in your chest because the subwoofers are pointed at you. It's great. The only thing better than those are at like, you know, Disney World where they have like the seats that like spray spray you or have like little like things that like crawl under the seats so you like Oh, the, the alien a- animal kingdom. Around. Well, I was thinking about the alien ride they had. 
Oh, okay. I've never been on that. No, oh. no, it's it's the or is that uh, Universal. I don't know. I think you're thinking. I thought you're thinking of the theater where they have like the Bugs Life thing where they. Oh well, yeah, there's that other you. one. Yeah, yeah, there was one like that too, but there was yeah. an alien one too. That and was... like the spider guy shoots cool. like his. Uh, yeah. Like his thing uh, or whatever it is, like his hairs out at you, and you kind of like feel the whoosh go by you. In lieu of going to Disney World, go sit in the Lazy Boy and watch on a curved screen, in the big theater. And then walk in while the Star Wars preview is playing. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Was it good? For the Last Jedi. Wow, the one that's it? already on YouTube. Okay. No, I I, I can't remember. Or was it, it was the same one? one. I might oh. have had new material on it. It was the same, basically the same shit though. It looked like I caught the very end of it where Luke Skywalker saying like it's time for the Jedi to end. Is that what you want to talk about? Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's time for the movies to end. So tell me about it because I haven't seen it. It's. The trailer that Justin's talking about online is mostly Ray on the ground looking like she has just gotten smacked in the head. Well, it looks like everybody's gotten smacked in the head. It's just yeah. like they... And Kylo runs back, and he's really he's really mad now. Yeah, he's smashing stuff. He's going to get him now. He's going to kick someone's head off. He's that mad. You can do that? <laughs> wow. It must take a, a trained martial artist to do that. It does take a black belt, but you can do it if you have sufficient discipline. So he's back. Um... A lot of it seemed to be more about Ray learning to use the Force, and I guess that now the Force can't just be training in a swamp. And what I wanted to talk about really was, I guess, as a product of talking about why DC movies are shit, is that the, I don't know, I was disturbed by the way this is supposed to parallel Empire Strikes Back, where Luke is trying to train her like Yoda, and it's just like, it looks like a, an excuse to have special effects is like, ooh, she's making all the pebbles come up around her in slow motion and spin in an orbit. Yeah, there's not to get away with special effects in uh, Empire Strikes Back. Well, I'm they saying, but they use them for a different purpose. Like, the biggest special effects thing that happens during his training, and admittedly, I haven't seen The Last Jedi yet, but I just have a feeling it's going to be CGI shit. But in Empire Strikes Back, it's like, it un- it's there to underline the central point where Luke says, like, I don't believe in this. It can't be done. And Yoda's like, you don't understand. Like, it's size isn't important. It's about, like, the shared energy of the universe, which is the whole point. And this is just, like, the rocks are floating up. Neat. Because we got a new render farm. <laughs> Yay. And digital artists are cheap as shit now. <laughs> we, we outsourced it to some Vietnamese guys who are squatting in children's furniture Furiously trying to manually cool I think their rendering. A lot rendering. of the digital art goes to Korea, <laughs> yeah. but maybe I'm wrong about that. So, so basically, this. this is going to be their version of oh, she's driving on rooftops or something. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, I will. I am sure it will be as good of as of a movie as New Hope and Rogue One was. Damn. Said. Justin. <laughs> <laughs> Take that however you want. If you enjoyed this, whatever. You have two brain cells rubbed together, you know. You know. Said Justin with a twinkle in his eye. <laughs> Whatever. I'm still holding out hope that the reshoots are going to be... There's going to be a director's cut, hopefully, at some point, maybe. Oh, for, are they doing reshoots on this one again? No, no, I'm saying for Rogue One. Oh, Rogue One. Because I think that was probably a different story before they reshot 80% of it. So the only one I saw... Is this, is this trailer that you saw now on YouTube? I believe most of it is, but I feel like there's something different about the end of it okay because the one i did see is the one justin saw where she's like you know falling down on the rock and she's like oh like breathing heavy which you know didn't really excite me at all because i just know 
they can they can just show her like doing all this like being working as hard as she can but i just i just know it's going to turn out okay for her because she's already good at everything right so <laughs> yeah oh. and leia can't die they said she's already gonna be in the next movie right uh yes <laughs> so she's she's good low blow <laughs> yeah she had too much blow oh <laughs> really low blow um but I think the difference, though, is that in this one, hopefully, she in some way pays the price for. Let me guess, she gets her arm or her leg cut off. Ho- hopefully, something because her foot. <laughs> I mean, Luke lost his hand because he was overconfident and he was also incompetent. And if she's competent, hopefully, at least she has the the good grace to be a character who has a tremendous ego or something. And but you know they're going to they're going to do something like that so that you know it's still it's fucking rhymes, right? So oh, like Anakin yeah, like got poetry. Anakin got his arm cut off so he had to cut Luke's hand off and now like, you know, somebody has to cut Ray's finger off or <laughs> I don't know. You're saying it gets reduced every time? Well, or it's just like I understand the the concept of making things rhyme for lack of a better term because that's what george lucas said but i think there's only so many times you can do it before it becomes a little cheesy yeah we'll maybe see. not have her get maimed I, I don't know she doesn't need a cyborg part i don't know well sure we'll not find out right we'll have to wait until yeah. or i didn't i hear didn't i read that like luke is supposed to fight snoke in this movie Sure. Um, oh, they're, God. They're supposed to have, theory. like, a Dumbledore Voldemort duel or okay, something. Okay, well, I hope that Snoke <laughs> is actually was using the hologram setting that made him look bigger because that would be fucking retarded. CGI Luke jumping it was, up, running up Snoke's back like if Orlando If it was going to be, like, fucking Shadow of the Colossus with lightsabers. Or worse, Count <sighs> Dooku and Yoda. Yeah, I was just thinking that, like... <laughs> <laughs> We don't even have to think to video games. It already happened. He's just bouncing off the walls, and Christopher Lee's just moving his yeah. arm back and it's forth. CGI Christopher <laughs> Lee sometimes, too. Well, when he has to do something quick, yeah. But, I mean, 90-year-old Christopher Lee could keep up with most of it just <laughs> doing, like, twisting his sword in the air, and you know, it's just jumping off the wall and screaming and shit. <laughs> yeah. You get the feeling like I mean I get that he's like ninety some he was ninety some years old when he did that it's not like he could do that or or eighty or whatever yeah it's not like he could do cool stunts or anything but still don't make it look like it's the way they cut it don't make it look like he's reading a newspaper while he's fighting you <laughs> I mean if they had if he had wanted to make a choice and show that Count Dooku was better than Yoda maybe he could have been reading a newspaper. Yeah, or like but it his, just looked his, lazy. Little, his little iPad thing yeah. that they undoubtedly have in Star Wars. Or... Um, so next week, we think miniseries probably, or what? Yeah, Dune miniseries, which I will say to people waiting for next week, the miniseries is a much, much better adaptation of the book than the movie is. What's it? Four or five episodes, an hour each? They're like three episodes, and I think it's two hours each or something, oh. something like that. It's okay. like six hours and some change. Anyway, it, it came out a long time ago. This is like 17 years ago on the Sci-Fi Channel when they actually like made real Sci-Fi stuff. And they made a sequel miniseries to Children of Dune, but people really liked them. So that was back when they made good miniseries and stuff. So check out Dune 2000 then. Yeah. <laughs> 